Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. I'm Shauna. And I'm Rebecca. And we are here today to review our next book in the Canada Reads 2021 competition, Butter, Honey, Pig Bread by... I should start out before I even say the author's name. We want to apologize up front because we probably are going to butcher all the names. Shauna did listen to the audio. Uh, I read the, the print version. So we apologize up front for all name butchering that is about to take place. So the book is written by Francesca Ekuyasi. And it is a, it says in the book jacket, it is a sweeping debut novel, tells the interwoven stories of three Nigerian women I'm going to say Kambi, because that's how I read it in the book, and her twin daughters, Kahinde and Taiye. 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 Anyway, so again, we apologize for that. Shauna, do you want to go ahead and start with the first question? Because we decided we're not going to go into a really big, long description of what happens in the book in a sense, like a preface kind of thing, because if you're listening to us, probably you've read the books by now. But go ahead, Shauna. Yeah, and I guess, you know, we do have to say this is a spoiler alert. We, we aren't going to stop ourselves from discussing parts of the book. So you are welcome to join us again once you've had the opportunity to read it. But we're first going to start off with where do you see yourself reflected in the story? I'm making you go first since that's your question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the reason why I like I wanted to ask this question was because of the food that is showcased in this book. And obviously, we know that this book is going to have food in it because of everything that's listed on the front of the cover. The title of the book is food. And the book is broken out into the four sections. You have your butter, your honey, uh, your pig and your bread. And for the longest time, I kept calling it honey butter instead of bunny hunter, butter honey. Uh, just because I love honey butter. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I started doing was I was trying to associate the words of the, the book, the title of the book, with things that are going on in the story. So this is kind of what I came up with in, in association. So the butter is associated with the salted car caramel cake at the beginning and at the end of the book. Uh, the honey is associated with T's bees and the pig is associated with Chinde's being overweight and her issues with being chosen to be the victim of her uncle and with being raped and bread is associated with the baby that Chinde has so i thought it was really cool to see those associated pieces as well as, you know, the reason why I see myself reflected in the story is because I, I do enjoy eating food. I enjoy making food. I like challenging myself. In fact, I remember uh, when I was back in college, I had a lot of friends from Africa and they would invite me over and they would make me food. But we would eat in their living room with no utensils. And they always laughed at me because I never was able to get the couscous in my fingers appropriately. And so I, I would pick it up. I would get like three grams of couscous in my pinched fingers and they would get like whole like 
whole gobfuls of it and I would just be eating like three or four couscous pieces at a time and so eventually they took pity on me and got a spoon (laughs) (laughs) so uh I I really see myself in in terms of how the food played out and it brought back lots of wonderful memories for me uh in terms of being able to remember the great times I had with my friends well I want to go back to the title of the book because I don't see it the way you see it the title. So I don't, I mean, I get the honey because each section had something to do with that particular food. But when you say that the pig is supposed to be Kahinde because she was overweight, I didn't get that. Where did you get that? Well, it's always talking about how the twins are different. And the, the main thing that's different between the twins is how Chinde is, she filled out and she had, was more curvaceous than her sister. So her sister was kind of stick thin and willowy, where Chinde was, she was more voluptuous. I know, but I thought it was that they actually cooked a pig. That's why I thought it was, I mean, I didn't take it. I thought, I don't, is a pig considered, I thought that was just sort of like a, an American thing where people think of somebody being overweight and like a pig and someone overweight is equal. Cause I didn't get that. I thought, because I thought in each section, there was this, there was a thing about like the butter, then there were the, you know, Thais uh, honey. And then the pig, I thought they roasted a pig or something like at a celebration or I can't, I honestly cannot remember. And then the bread, there was a bread thing too. How'd you get the baby connected to bread? There's a colloquialism for uh, buns in the oven. But they, she didn't mention that, right? No, no. Okay, but, oh, well, then see, I think you're putting an American spin on it. Oh, I think that's where you got that. So we will have to see what others think about why the title is Butter, Honey, Pig Bread. I thought it was more literal about each section actually literally had something about that in there. So that's very fascinating that you put an American spin on it. Yeah, well, I have to say, like, these these are truly only my associations. They're not... Like, uh, I didn't read them somewhere or, and if you hate on me, that's okay, but don't hate on anybody else. No, no, nobody gets to hate on anybody. It's everybody. That's what I love about reading and book, book, uh, reviews is everybody gets something different from it. So I just think that's kind of interesting that that's how you took that. And I do think it's kind of an American thing that the way, you, the way that played out for you. So no, no yeah. shame in that. I just think it's interesting. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, where did I miss all that? But okay. That's cool. For me, I don't see myself reflected in this story. And that's a good thing because I loved this book. In fact, this is the one I've loved so the most so far. The reason I loved it is because it completely put me in a different place. Like I don't even know that I've read anything, any other African literature before. And the only reason I haven't is because I like to read about cold places. So I've read a lot of things about, I took a class in college on Northern peoples. I am fascinated by anything cold climate, anything that where they write about it and it's hot. (laughs) I don't really pick those books naturally. So I'm glad I read this because I felt very much in the moment of a culture that I don't experience, I don't understand. 
Although I used to, in Sacramento, there was a Nigerian restaurant I used to eat there on occasion. It didn't last very long, which was too bad, but I do remember eating the food. So for me, a lot of the food though was animal related. So like, I think even the shrimp or what different things, and I don't eat meat. So I couldn't, I think the food was a major player, obviously in this book, the title says it, the whole story is written with food being a major character. And I think it's a very, in that way, a very sensuous bringing together of people and, and culture and love and experience through the food. It didn't do much for me only because I don't eat, I probably wouldn't eat a lot of that because it's animal-based. But for me, I didn't necessarily see myself reflected, but I thought that was really good because it was, even with the, I can't remember what the character, like the fact that mom, her mother had that, like those visions, and then both of the daughters had them in, at times as well. I don't have anything of that to compare to, uh, but I think it's, I think it's great that I could not see myself reflected. I just got to learn something new and different. And that was, I, that's what I, I think I really loved about it. Yes. No. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I could think of is like, uh, uh, of the stories that I've, I've heard from you. I'm curious about what you thought about the mother going back to her home. Whereas I know that that's something that you kind of did in your life too. You, you left Flint, you went to California and then you came back to the Flint area. Yeah, actually, you, you, yeah, you're right. I mean that I could, that, yeah, you're right. That I'm reflected in that way because Tai goes back to be with her mother. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 you're right. I didn't even connect the dots on that one. <laughs> I think I blocked it out. It's hard. <laughs> Let me just say it's hard to go away as an adult and come back as an older adult. It's very hard. Although Tai is much younger than I am, but it's very hard to do. So I think I just, <laughs> I think I just blocked that out. So <laughs> thanks for bringing that up for me. Okay. So my question, my all right. question no, that's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Caregiving is tough. That's all I want to say. Okay. So my question, the one I want to ask is, does the author get the ending right? Why or why not? <laughs> so I laugh because it's been really hard for Rebecca and I, this Canada Read season, because one of the things that we told each other was that we would not discuss the books outside of us podcasting because we have such great conversations about these books and, and what's being said. So Rebecca and I haven't had a chance to really talk except for like quick little nibs here and there. And I laugh because this is one of the things Rebecca has talked to me about and how she's not the biggest fan of the ending. Whereas I will have to tell you that I loved the ending of this book and I thought it was very fitting <laughs> for what happens because uh, really it's that fairy tale ending of two sisters being able to love one another again and the mother goes, goes away peacefully. And the only part that I have kind of been confused about through the entire story was what does this piece with the spirit I guess I'm going to call them have to do with the like the physicality of the story 
uh, with Chande being the victim of rape. And then T, I can't pronounce, I can't remember how to pronounce her full name, so I'm going to keep calling her T. But uh, with T, like dealing with her sexuality, like those are kind of things we will deal with now. But is there a spiritual, like I didn't understand their spiritual connection to what their mom was experiencing? I, I don't know if I just didn't catch it or did I miss it or yeah I I have to agree I because I thought this was going to be more like the spirit this that spirit I think it's Obanje or something like that I thought the spirit piece of it would be written I mean I didn't quite understand it either the mother because I I started thinking from their culture that spirit those spirits are very they sounds like they play very key uh, roles in their their lives and in their experiences whereas I'm looking at it thinking like maybe the mother has mental health issues so I don't know if that's putting like a really like hardcore nonfiction spin on it right where I'm looking at it going maybe mom just is mentally unhealthy and both daughters seem to have some connection as well to it but I felt like that part I think it's almost like the spirit part got a, got the back seat and the food took front seat. I would have wanted it maybe half and half or have the spirit part be a little more upfront in the story because I, I felt like that wasn't that key of a part, even though I think it should be. So that was kind of an odd thing. I wanted more of that sort of spirit world view of it. Right, Although well, I, there's no real like, explanation of what the spirit it like it just has a voice to say you can't do this you can't do this and she fights with staying in her physical body on earth or something like that uh you know I would love to be able to know like why there is such a spirit or why like the background of the whole premise right that's what I'm saying is I felt like it was introduced into the story, but if I'm not familiar with Nigerian culture, I don't understand exactly what role that spirit plays. And I feel like they were voices too, because I don't think it, for the mother, I think it was her kin. I, I felt like at times it was maybe a single person speaking to her. And then sometimes I felt like it was a chorus of people. So that I didn't really understand that fully. And to me, that was more fascinating. I think the food part was like I said, the food was definitely a character in the book, but I kind of wanted more of the spirit side of it too. So yeah. So you liked the ending. The ending worked for you. So I just want to say two things about the ending. One, I did not think this is how the book would end at all. And here's why. I thought early on, I thought the book was going to have a third similarity because if you think about it, Combi's father dies, a speeding truck kills him. That's how her father dies, right? And so her mother lost her husband. She lost her father. And then Combi loses her husband through the, um, the, guy, the guy that shoots, the, the robber that shoots him in the chest. So again, Combi as the wife loses her husband. The two daughters lose their father. So now I'm thinking, okay, we've had this twice now in this family where a father dies and a wife and a daughter or daughters 
are left bereft of their father. So then when Gehindi gets pregnant at the end and she can't get to where her husband is, I actually thought, oh my God, this baby's going to lose this father. There's going to be another tragedy, a third tragedy for this family. That's honestly how I thought the ending would be. So I was surprised. I was kind of like, oh, she sort of set this thing up in two ways, but then it didn't kind of continue, which didn't have to. That was just my idea that it would. So that's one thing. As far as it ended, here's how I feel so bad about this. The only thing I didn't kind of like about the ending is I don't think her mother, how did her mother not know she was raped? Especially when her younger daughter tried to kill, tried to, you know, slice the throat of the rapist. And she stopped her daughter and that's how her daughter got the scar. But, and she did get, you know, she raged and she broke furniture or something and she went kind of crazy. But I felt like she got off the hook with her daughter because I don't feel like her, she made peace with her daughter over that whole experience. I, 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 and then she just goes to be with her kin. And I thought, wow, she kind of got off the hook on that one. And I felt like the one who suffered the most was Tai because she was the one who was too young to understand what was going on. And yet her sister breaks relationship with her, resents her all those years and blames her for not doing anything. And I'm thinking, hon, your blame was misplaced. That blame should have been on your mother, if anybody, right? I'm, I'm not saying any, I'm not saying there should be blame. I'm just saying if there's going to be any blame, it shouldn't be on your, your twin sister who was your age and was probably didn't understand what was going on either. And yet the mother kind of gets off the hook on this one. So I was a little bit like, eh, that's why, that's why my ending is not quite, I wanted mom, I wanted to understand better how mom wasn't there for her daughter. And I wanted more closure for Tai to have been blamed for something that as a child was never her fault. I mean, her sister said it once, or she said it once, like I was a child, but I still felt like her sister never really forgave her enough in a way. That's how I just felt reading it. So anyway, that's my take on the ending. Well, you know, the one thing that, because at the beginning, it makes you think that she, when you hear about the bad thing, it, it's showcased as a thing that happened once. And we don't find out until a little later that like when T is sleepwalking and she starts having these like weird thoughts about thinking that she knew her sister is being raped by the uncle. She, that's when we start to realize that there's, it happened more than the once. So I, I do think that that's something that was set up by the author to really make you kind of think about how uh, these sisters are interacting with one another. And then when it comes to the mom, I mean, I don't, I agree with you on, on most of it. The only thing that I can think of is that she was in such a state of grief after her husband died. She was in her bedroom the entire time. And I remember like the, the kin had her for several like iterations of the night. And she was like, she was in this nightmare of her 
twins being like the the kin was doing something to the the twins and she kept trying to save them kept trying to save them and they wouldn't let her go out of that nightmare and so eventually she, when she broke out of it because the reason I thought that was weird is it mentions that they put her into this nightmare like 40 some odd times and I'm like why would you say 40 in particular why is 40 why wouldn't you just say after a, a whole bunch of times and that's when sister Basie, sister Basie is the one who lets the mom know something's going on and sister Basie is the one that saves her from uh saves Chandi from the uncle so I mean, like we said earlier, is there a play of mental illness going on where something like that could be involved as well? You know, but 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 the mom, even at the end, she talks about how it broke her heart that her two daughters were estranged from each other. And and we don't know at the time what happened. But mom ultimately know ultimately knew what happened. So we're reading mom saying like, "Oh, I'm so tra- tra- you know it's such a tragedy. My daughters aren't together." But mom, the reason they're not together is because of the events that happened. And I just feel like mom never mom should have been on the floor with her head on the floor in front of her, saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." I wasn't there for you. And yeah, I agree with you. If she had mental illness or these spirits had taken her over and she was grieving the loss of her husband and all of those things, obviously then it's her part to say, look, I was not in a place where I could be there for you. I'm so sorry. I am sorry. I'm the adult. I apologize to you, but that's not it. It's like, she's like, oh, it's so bad that sad that my daughters aren't together. Well, there's a reason they weren't together. And again, it was never Tai's fault ever. She's a child. And even though her sister blamed her, I think the blame was misplaced. And but interestingly, and this is why, even though I didn't, I didn't think the ending would go like that. And I'm not necessarily thrilled with the ending with mom not owning it. It's it's real world. It is what happens all the time. It's what's happened, it's what will continue to happen. Is that something like this happens tragically to a child and it doesn't, you can't fix it. No, and people make mistakes and it and things can't be repaired. So I really liked the book. I enjoyed it for all the things that it gave us, but I'm a little hung up on a little bit hung up on the ending. So anyway, so now <laughs> the next question is the theme for this year's 21. Uh, I keep saying 21 because it's 21, but 2021 Canada Reads is a book to transport us. So Shauna, did this book transport you? Yes. So I definitely felt I was in Lagos. I definitely, I listened to the audiobook and the narrator for this book did a phenomenal job. Like just being able to hear them say like phrases in Nigerian with the African accent was just like, oh, so beautiful. But then of course you have the the food and the it does take place in a few bits of Canada back on the letters and such. Uh, there is also a shout out to public libraries, which I absolutely love. Thank you to Roger Mooking for doing such a nice compliment to librarians. Whereas I think this book does a really nice compliment to libraries in regards to showcasing that we can provide, not we, not me as in we, but libraries can, can provide 
you much more than just a book. We can provide you with education and answers to things that you may not even know that you are looking for. So, and I just want to mention when Sean mentions Roger Mooking, if you haven't heard our interview with him, listen to it because he is so charming. He's so wonderful. Uh, we love him, not just because he gave a big, huge shout out to librarians and how much he loves us, but it was a really interesting interview. And I do think that if you, if you haven't listened to it, make sure you do, because it's, it's wonderful. We really, really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah. So, and we got some uh, insider CBC knowledge with one of our questions. So ooh, we'll um, leave it there. Yeah. 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 2021 CBC. So yeah. I mean, just to give you a little bit of a mystery there. <laughs> a teaser. Absolutely. To listen to it. So as far as uh, for me regarding if it transported me, this is the book the best book of the ones I've read so far that transported me. Absolutely. I really felt like I was in a different world, a different culture, the food, the, the names, the language, the uh, atmosphere, the weather, everything about it was clearly not something that's my experience. So it definitely transported me. And so for that reason, uh, I do believe of the ones I've read so far, I kind of think, I think this is the number one book, but we shall see what happens uh, and how it plays out. Shauna, how many maple leaves will you give a butter, honey, pig bread? I am giving this one five maple leaves. Wow. I am giving it four maple leaves because I do struggle a little bit with how neatly the ending was tied up. I, I often like an ending that's a little more free flow, a little more open. So I'm going to give it four, but I do think so far it's the best of the books I've read for this year's Canada Reads. With that being said, Shauna. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Instagram and make sure that you like or subscribe to all of our podcasts. We podcast probably at least once a month. And we don't actually, we're going to be after Canada reads, we're going to be going into a read native challenge. So we do have something exciting going on this, uh, this year, previous years, we've done different challenges, but this year we're going to work on our read native 21 challenge. So don't forget to follow along and have a great day. Bye.